You're listening to The B-Side, a podcast of Blessed Hope Community Church. Hey, this is Malia, your host as usual. And you guys, today we have a extra special um, episode of The B-Side for you. For one thing, it is our 100th episode. Yay! So we've got everybody here, um, but also... You wouldn't know it because David didn't make a sound. He didn't, yay. That, that was actually in, in the notes. The notes. Oh, we have this notes. is where you get excited. Oh, she, she sent them out. Yeah, I, know. I sent an outline I'm out. Just, listen, um, but the real the excitement, I'm super excited, is we actually have Vince Durr with us again. Yeah. Woo-hoo! Yes. So those of you that Yay! <laughs> that, that's the proper time to get excited. There you go. Because it's not with everybody else. It's yes. So those of you that don't know, Vince was our um, he was our Shauna first. He was our youth director before we had Shauna. So and it's been how many years now? Almost three. <laughs> so long that you don't even remember what he did here. <laughs> I was trying to think of like what the title was actually called. If uh, Shauna ever leaves, you should just repost the position as Shauna is is who you're looking for. Like just that's the position title. <laughs> Shauna. We need a new Shauna. A new Shauna. Fair enough. So, uh, what have you been up to? Well, a lot. I mean, I got married um, between uh, when I left and when I got came back. Um, and so we've been married for, oh, this will be year three in October, um, and just doing a lot of different things at the church. We bought a, so got married, bought a house, bought a car, pandemic it was kind of the first four months of our marriage, which um, if you want to work on communication skills, <laughs> um, taking on a lot of debt. And then uh, moving, uh, changing jobs, and then, um, yeah, just uh, being stuck at home. It's a great way to work on communication skills in a marriage. So um, <laughs> we've grown a lot, and it's been really good. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Did she still go into the library to work? Um, every once in a while. Um, but for the most part, they were um, kind of drop off and pick up at the door. Sure. So the library was shut, and then... You could send them a message and say, "Hey, we want—I don't know—such and such catcher a catcher in the rye." And sure. so then they bag it up. You text them and they bring it out. Oh, so okay, okay. Did you were, work primarily from home then? Also, I did um, for a, a, a too long. Um, I need a place to go, is what I've learned. Um, but huh, being that's kind of how Matt is too. Yeah, being a community pastor, it's kind of hard to be a community pastor when your community is not meeting. Uh, and so we had to figure out some some strategic ways to reach people. And we, mm-hmm. we leveraged our small group leaders to be in contact with their group. And then we had to figure out, all right, we got half of our church that aren't in small groups, so who's contacting them? And so, um, yeah, we were at home for a while, and then eventually we said, yeah. We had a service that was out in our parking lot, and it was rainy, and we had like 50 people. And at the end of the service, our deacons were in the back of the parking lot, scheming and then they came up to us afterwards and like yeah we're not doing this again <laughs> you better figure out how to be in person in the building next week and so we've been in, in person ever since okay Good. okay um so small groups that's kind of under your 
care. Yeah. yeah. So I oversee uh, small groups, kitchen team, men's, women's, seniors, uh, care team. Uh, oh, gosh, there's a bunch of other things I'm probably missing. Uh, and then we're adding in Celebrate Recovery uh, oh, this okay. year. So we're trying to figure out what that looks like. How do we do it? When do we have it? There's just a lot of questions right now about, you know, it's really slick if we can do it on a Wednesday night because then we've got child care provided. Mm-hmm. Um, but the child care doesn't go as long as sure. a Celebrate Recovery program would typically go. So we're trying to figure all that out. But we got a, a really cool team put together. Um, when we did our – we just revisioned our church. And when we did that, we called in sheriffs and school superintendents and nursing home uh, – um, directors and we asked them hey what do you see as needs in our community um because that's awesome yeah it was i've it was really cool i i wasn't didn't know what to expect from it and they came in and they gave us a couple of things within our community um that i don't think we would have come up with by ourselves and so when we came up with our vision they just loomed super large and what what we wanted to be about as a church and so one of those was um alcohol and drug abuse within our our ministry area and so we said you know that needs to be a part of what we're going to do over the next five to six years um is to put a to have a place where those people can come and find recovery and then you know recovery is one thing but maybe find jesus as well Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i'm curious since you had since you were here what three years just about two and a half two and a half doing children's and youth um like how what do you think What's what's more your your jam? Um, adults or kids? I think right now adults. <laughs> um, I've had a couple of opportunities to help out with our youth uh-huh. at our church. I think it mostly has to do with I just don't know those kids super well. When you are doing it all the time, they listen better. Um, you can forgive things a little easier um, because you understand them. You're like, oh, yeah. that kid comes from a broken home, so like, of course he's going to show up and be an idiot. Uh-huh. Like, that's just. I would be an idiot if I came from a home situation like him, yeah. you know? Um, but I helped out, oh, maybe a month and a half ago and with middle school, which is like, oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, at the end of the night, I was like, I don't know if I was ever a good youth pastor. Like, I – it was it was horrible. It was – Yeah. <laughs> it was not good. Um, but it's just – it's such a different, like, experience, too, with our church because – I would say when I was here, our middle school group was really, really good and really, really strong. I mean, we had our crazy kids, but there was a group of them that were just super serious about Jesus, and they were inviting people. And then our high school group, I think they were just kind of like, all right, we'll be here. We kind of like Vince, but we kind of don't. And so it was just, that was our rougher group. And our middle school group was like a well-oiled machine. It didn't really have to worry about them at steamboat is the complete opposite really which would make more sense because your high schoolers are more mature right um yeah. sometimes <laughs> some of them yeah i was like shauna do you want to chime in here <laughs> um, and so the high schoolers are super well behaved they're serious and the middle schoolers are just a little more crazy but that's what you get when you have a youth pastor for 16 years sure those high schoolers that are still in high school youth group have seen Bryce around the church mm-hmm. their entire life. Yep. Um, and so they're less likely to be ridiculous. Where yeah. we got a lot of not church kids at 
middle school and they mm-hmm. don't know Bryce from a hole in the ground and so <laughs> they just act ridiculous. Yeah. So, but I I like the adult um, stuff. I think yeah. volunteers is just always a challenge no matter what ministry you're doing. Yeah. And that would be the the thing is like, oh man. Yeah. I always need to try and find more greeters. I always need to try mm-hmm. and find more small group leaders. Yeah. So. Sounds like yeah, you're but, overseeing a lot of things too. Yeah. And I, I like that mm-hmm. um, to a, a certain extent um, just because it brings a lot of variety. Um, but it is a challenge to fill holes. Um, and so my role is not so much to be in charge of men's ministry. My job is to be in relationship with the mm-hmm. guy who's in charge of men's ministry. Mm-hmm. And so um, that is probably very different from what I was doing here, where it was just like, I'm going to be super hands-on. I'm going to do everything. I'm not really going to pay attention too much to leadership development just because I was like 25, 26. So like, what do I know about and now leadership? now you're 30? And now I'm what? 30. Um, and I've been in church leadership uh-huh. for, for a while. And so now it's like, hey, you know, Joe, um, I need you to send out an agenda before we meet. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, okay. And so then we send out an agenda and it's like, all right. Or I'm in a meeting with a group that I'm not leading. And it's like, man, we are not doing anything. Like, this is mm-hmm. a bad meeting. Mm-hmm. I need to step in, provide instruction, provide some, without like running over Joe. Cause mm-hmm. Joe, I need Joe to be a leader. I don't need, I don't want to be the leader of, you know, X group, but I need that group to be running well. And so that's just really different from what I was doing here. And it's a really big stretch for me just because that's not who I am in, mm-hmm. in my heart. I just, I want people to just do things. I don't wanna, <laughs> me too. I, I don't want to have to tell them what to do or how to do it. I just want them to you just do it right the way I know. Yeah. think you should do it. Yeah. And I ran into, I don't know what that's like. So when we did our one of the things when I interviewed at Steamboat that was really important to me was being engaged in our community. And our church has actually made that shift over the last year and a half of saying, all right, we've spent X amount of years just gathering uh, church refugees or church transfers. Mm-hmm. Um, now we need to actually look at the community that is lost and that need Jesus, uh, maybe more than those church transfers did. Um, and so I said that a lot in my interview. I was basically, I, I boldly said, I don't want to be at a church that doesn't care about its community. I just said that. And I, as soon as I said it, I was like, I f- believed that with all my heart. And I was like, oh no, I may have not, just not got the job. <laughs> um, but last year we jumped on what we called Go Day, which is mm-hmm. a, a version of faith in action. Um, and so um, as I was leading that group, I kind of explained what it was and was like, all right, let's do it. And then for two months of our meeting, I just was so frustrated because I was like, how are they not understanding what I need them to do? Mm-hmm. Like they're just not doing it or they don't want to do it. And I was just really frustrated. And so I had to take a much more directive leadership approach of like, all right, no, this is what we are doing. I am doing this with you so that you can learn how to. And once I did that in one meeting, I was like, oh my gosh, like we could have had this thing planned <laughs> two months ago if I would have just like stepped up and, and led a, with a little bit more direction. Sure. So it's, it, yeah, sure. it's a challenge. You just needed Deb Hessen. Yeah, no, to, to yeah. do that for <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So I just want to drop a bomb on you here real quick. Um, Tyler, like I was telling them earlier, I signed him up for driver's ed this summer and he starts high school in the fall. That does not seem possible. Right? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Is he like tall? He's taller than me, which everyone's taller than me, but <laughs> I mean, okay, he's how like about five this? Eight. Vince, wow. he's taller yeah. than you. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was a tall kid, but he was shorter. Yeah. He was one of the yeah. few here that were still shorter little. than me. Yeah. He's yeah, taller yeah. than you now. That's crazy. Yeah. He says hi also. He was pretty excited uh-huh. to hear you were gonna come for a visit. So yeah. yeah. That's I told Travis and Aubrey that you were here that. and yeah. they were both like, All right, cool. <laughs> he said you want me to give him a message? Like, nah. That's, that's, Tyler had that's questions. Right. He was he was we asking probably questions. Give a shout out to Levi and Allie Lutz. Oh they're yeah, pretty, they're, like, Allie, Allie listens yeah. for sure. I know All Allie right. does. And so. Levi asks about you a lot. Well, I, yeah. I I do scroll Facebook quite a bit, and I those are some of my favorite posts when I get to see sure. kids from youth group yep. or from elementary when I was here doing stuff. And so, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I just saw. Um, Oh, the Johnsons. I saw them post something about Julie and yep. Julia, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, yeah. she's got a car!" And like, <laughs> I don't know. Those things are just yeah, really cool. that. And you know, they had a baby. Yeah, that's yeah. that was really strange. <laughs> I was I not think expecting for them that. Too. <laughs> Same. <for> <laughs> I don't think they were expecting it yeah. either. <laughs> yeah. So I do. I do watch from afar yeah uh, what the kids well, are yeah doing, so. it's kind of yeah. like um, yeah and i do i do like posts and so that's yeah. kind of like if you're if you're somebody from our ch- from this church and you see me like a post about your kids that's kind of my little like hey I see yeah you. i see you i love you <laughs> I'm not a stalker, you're doing great but i'm invested like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a stalker <laughs> Well, it's fun because I think we've kind of followed along with you and your mm-hmm. career and yeah, I do. like yeah. the, the article or the blog post or whatever. I don't know mm-hmm. what you call them that you've written have been so good. And mm-hmm. so that's just mm-hmm. been kind of fun to it see is. too. Well, and I think the longer you're in ministry, you know, for, so for us, I think besides David, I think all of us are relatively new to ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've been doing it a little longer, so you've got more connections, but, but for us, it's like the longer we do this, then the more there's those little things that you can, mm-hmm. you know, people that you know influence you or that you had an influence on that then are somewhere else. And you yeah. start to feel more connected to this whole global church kind of thing mm-hmm. as opposed to just, Oh, we're doing our thing here in Vinton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's fun. I do enjoy reading those things when you put them out. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm good for a, a controversial uh, yeah. article every three to six months. That's kind of, that's, <laughs> that's kind your of, house. that's oh kind gosh. of the, you know, I, I, but the last one I pushed, put out that I thought would be controversial. Nobody talked to me about it. So I was huh. like, hmm, maybe I need to give it another go and be a little more bold. <laughs> need to poke it a little more now. But, um. Well, and you graduate this weekend. Yeah. So after, well, I went in 2014, the fall, the fall of 2014. So it's about seven, almost eight, eight years of seminary work so it feels uh weird i have one more assignment mm-hmm. left i'm gonna get that done this afternoon and then i'm done with homework and yay um i'll walk on saturday It'll be the first time i'll be back in michigan since i left okay. um so there's a lot of new holland right Oh, just Holland. Just Holland. Um, so there's a lot of mixed emotions about that like i'm pretty excited about it but i'm also like there's some people there that maybe I don't really want to see too much, um, <laughs> but there's some scars still. So I'm, it, sure. I'll be really interested what happens in me when we cross the Michigan border. Because yeah. the last yeah. time that happened, 
I, I felt re- a lot of a huge sense of darkness. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really yeah. like kind of bracing myself emotionally. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, what's that going to be? Like? And then I feel like I'm probably going to get my my folder. They don't actually give the diploma the day of. Um, I'll probably get my folder, go sit back down and just like look like Michael Jordan when he won the championship <laughs> you're gonna after his father crying. died. Just someone to be like, ah. I think you're going to need to write about this experience. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's been really cool just going, chipping away at it. And um, the, this last class has been on ethics. Uh, and so we've covered all of the fun topics like abortion mm-hmm. and race and war and marriage and uh, clergy uh, ethics. And so it has been an interesting class. Um, so you've gotten to fight a lot. We actually haven't fought Debate. a ton. Oh, debates. Yeah. I thought we would fight more, but then I realized nobody really cares. Um, <laughs> they just want to get the discussion post done. They don't really they don't care enough to be like every it's not like twitter where like every five seconds you're like oh i gotta mention and then you're gonna fight with that person it's like i did my post i did my replies i'm never looking at this again Fair enough. um i kind of no fun i expected some more back and forth but early on i i like asked somebody a lot of questions he was very um he was a very green guy as far as like he's like all churches should run on green energy and i was like well there's some serious logistical questions as far as church budgets how does that work how do you you know and then he never said anything back and i was like well all right i guess i am done trying to be engaging and i'm just going to get this done i appreciate that you clarified because you said a green guy and i'm like oh he's new at this like he's never done this before no No. but green energy like i think if he came to our church he'd be pretty excited or this church i think he'd be pretty excited about geothermal and all that jazz he'd be like oh you know you could probably put some solar panels on there too and um but yeah yeah we're we're doing that next week there you go there you go (laughs) listen we're not not. (laughs) people are like we are no we're not like i thought i knew everything that was going on here no no, yeah. yeah but it's it's I'm a very different person from when I sure. left in yeah. 2016. Yeah. yeah, I've gotten married. I've gotten two different ministry jobs, and mm-hmm. um, so it's just I've got a mortgage now, which yeah. I didn't. You're officially an adult. I, I could barely even afford rent when I left. Yeah. Um, so it's just a very different um, atmosphere. And one of the things I wrote, my I wrote my friends and family a letter when I left seminary. And one of the, the lines in there that I said, you know, I don't know if I'm making a correct decision, um, but I know that I haven't surprised God. And I think mm-hmm. I've held on to that mm-hmm. uh, over the last five years of just, you know, this is not a surprise. God is still working. God yeah. is still faithful. And I went back and reread that letter and was like, yeah, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you went back 2016 and you pulled out a random smattering of 10 seminary students and I was among them um, and you said all right which one's going to have the longest uh, ministry career I don't think you would have picked me and and so other people may be surprised I am surprised (laughs) that it's gone this way but I don't think God is Um, and I'm happy for some of those seminary people who are now doing HVAC stuff because they post about it all the time they're super excited about it but mm-hmm. it's just 2016 you would not have picked me over ross you would have picked ross to have a multi-decade ministry career because he was well, he was so solid full disclosure dude we tried to hire ross instead of you yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah. i don't even know who that guy is but so but god it, even 
ordained the fact that you guys are twinning yeah. big time today and you yeah. and Matt have the exact same yeah, yeah, sweater because, on. Because in all ways, <laughs> Vince and I look the same. Um, yeah. It, uh, of all the sweaters yes, on all the I days. Mean, it just, this is the one. just feels right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So let's shift gears just a little bit. And um, David, why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm just enjoying this to this audience. Uh-huh. Soaking it all in. Yes, yes. Um, so the B-side. This mm-hmm. was kind of your baby. You are the one that started this. So I'm curious. Like, I don't even know if I know how this came about. Like, what led to it? Was it a joint Vince-Matt discussion? Staff meeting. <laughs> I think mostly it came about because I get really bored doing what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> And I find ways to not do what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, that is a constant character flaw in me. Um, <laughs> or or it's a good thing because we end up yeah. getting things like the B-side. Yeah. Yeah. I think when I first got here, I was like, oh, we should have a podcast. And I threw it out there. And then it was kind of like, yeah, that'd be cool. And then we didn't do anything. And then finally I was like, I don't really want to be doing what I'm doing right now. So... I'm going to make a logo. Shepherding and leading our children yeah. and you. I'm going to make a logo. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we did it. And I think part of the thought too was Matt spends a lot of time sermon prepping. Yeah. And so to waste the 20 hours or more um, of that prep on just 40 minutes a week. Yeah, sometimes 50. Sometimes 50. Yeah, I've checked. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I listened to the sermon for this week, but I listened to it on time and a half. Um, oh, so it was. Well, if you listened to it on time and a half, it didn't take you very long. That's it didn't. Amazing. No, it was. It great. was actually a short one. This week. it was yeah. great. I was yeah. like, yeah, this is just like uh, Pastor Harrison. This is about the length, you know, time and a half from forty to probably 30, 25 minutes. So, um, but it it was just that thought of like we've got all of this great research and content. Mm-hmm. Um, that you just can't get a sermon is very different than than a podcast or a even a one on one conversation. There are just things that you can't get into, like yeah, um, you know this Greek word, you know means this, or there's some debate on this, and we can actually go a little bit deeper mm-hmm. uh, in this type of format. Well, and, and so, I know some weeks there are slides you have to skip for time, like mm-hmm, you can't yeah. even get into everything that you prepped yeah. for. Yeah. And and that was just kind of the thought of like we've got a wealth of content why would we waste it mm-hmm. um not that if you're a church that doesn't do a podcast like mine that you're wasting your content <laughs> but just kind of that thought of like for an extra hour and a half of work we can remind people what we talked about mm-hmm. we can disciple them better and then if we've got random things going on like a merger yeah we can be v- uber clear on a podcast about what the merger is, how we're going to mm. vote for it, and then people are still going to be confused about how we're voting and the thresholds. Um, not that there's any scars from that, but <laughs> um, <laughs> but just you can use this. It's just another avenue to communicate. Vince and is to, having some PTSD right now. <laughs> and to disciple. So that was kind of the thought behind it. Was, well, yeah, because yeah. we pulled this out. I remember Vince that the, when we first launched this, it was during the Heaven series. Yes, yeah. Because oh, there were just yeah. so many questions, and we had been planning it already, but there were so many questions and so many things that kept kind of being pushed mm-hmm. to the forefront of that. That it was like, mm-hmm. all right. Yeah let's leverage this this new thing yeah um and so and that's the cool thing about scripture i think scripture is really good it's a challenge and it's really good for people who have like adhd because it is full of rabbit trails 
you can read one passage and mm-hmm. 10 people can rabbit trail into different oh, absolutely. different parallels and to different like, oh, well, this actually seems to be intention. It's like, well, I never even thought about that. And so in a sermon, you just cannot bring up all of the parallels, all of the rabbit trails. And so scripture is just, it sets up well for a church to be able to use mm-hmm. one passage for an entire week of, of discipleship. Yeah. Yep. It's um, been a, just a really good avenue, I think, for... Because there's so many times when you have a sermon that's maybe it's through a harder, more difficult text. Like, I'm trying to think what... Well, we just did divorce and remarriage. Yeah. And, yeah. and so that yeah. was one that for for sure needed a lot more time yeah. than what we gave it on a Sunday morning. Not because we were trying to shortchange it on a Sunday morning, but because... It's just impossible to... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, and I think you know. sometimes you know the church has been interpreting a passage wrongly, for or at least culturally we've been sure. interpreting. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden a pastor gets up there and he gives this sermon that is very biblical, very faithful to the text, and everybody in the congregation's like, "Wait a minute, that's not what I've been taught." And it's like, "Well, you've been taught wrong, actually." And let's sit down and have a longer conversation about what's wrong with that. Um, and so I, it's just really nice to be able to do it like this. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Good. Um, so let's move to the text this week from our Can I ask Vince a follow-up question? Yeah, you absolutely so, can. So you, you called this the B-side. What is he wearing tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, right. What, what, what are you wearing <laughs> so tomorrow? So we can match again. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So you can coordinate. You just can send each other afar. pictures. Just, just <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, so, so B-side. You, you came up with the name B-side because flipping over the sermon notes and, and digging yeah. deeper made sense. But did you ever actually listen to the B-side of, a, of an album? So Did you ever have that experience? Not at the time, but um, my wife is very into records, and so is her grandfather. And we went down to Kansas City. We were going to Arkansas for vacation, and... Uh, he showed us his record collection is like probably over 2000 records, like extensive has an uh, original record player from the seventies. And like, just, he's got, he's got a, he's got records that are so valuable. He frames them and he never plays them like Mm -hmm. insane collection. And, uh, we went down there and he goes, well, so what do you, you know, you guys can pick out some, what would you like? And I like music, but I'm not a huge vinyl person. Like, I could, if it's on Spotify, it's good enough for me. Right, same. Um, and so Victoria's down there just picking stuff out for probably 30 minutes. And I'm like, oh, man, I want to see what they're doing. So I walk down there. And he's like, oh, yeah, Vince, you can pick out some too. So I'm like, okay, here's some Leonard Skinnerd or here's some <laughs> Def Leppard. Or, yeah. You know, um, just picking out, you know, the classics. And Victoria's got like a ton of Beatles. And she's yeah. just picking out copies. So if she finds that he has two copies of the same album, she's mm-hmm. taking that out. Yeah. And then he goes, uh, so you guys want them all? And, we're, and he asked me, like, I'm the relative. Yeah. And I'm like, um, I don't know. I was like, that's that's a Victoria question. She's like, are you sure? And he goes, yeah, you can have them all. He's like, do you guys, can you guys take them right now? And we're like, <laughs> we're going to Arkansas and our the back of our Subaru is full of camping gear. Like, no. <laughs> Um, and then he's like, all right, well, do you have a record player? I'm like, well, yeah, we got like a little suitcase one. And he's like, oh, okay, well, you got to come out and see this record player. And so he shows us this record player. And this is the, like, the setup that Victoria's mom grew up listening to. Mm-hmm. 
and he's showing it us to it. The sound is just gorgeous, and it's like, wow, I might be a record guy. I don't know. <laughs> um, and he goes, well, you guys can have this too, and we're like, Aww. what is going? So right now we've got. Probably 25 to 30 boxes of records that Dang. I have to build a Is there any shelf Kiss for. or <laughs> actually, 80s don't think hair there, bands? I don't think there Scott is has, any Kiss. Scott is into records, too. So there was some Elvis. There's a <laughs> there's an album that was only given out at a concert for uh, by the Beatles that was, I think it was a benefit for Bangladesh or something. Mm-hmm. And so he got it because he was at the concert. And cool. he's got some crazy stuff. Um but I guess now we've got some crazy stuff. There you go. Um, but we've got to catalog it and stuff. Um, but now I have listened to, you've listened to B-Side. I was like, why did I tell that big, long story? Uh, because that's what we do yeah. here. So. Yeah. Yes. If anything, I feel like this is always a good opportunity for our congregation, or for whoever listens, Allie, I guess, um, (laughs) to kind of get to know us and our weird things that we have going on and kind of our personalities. Because, you know, sometimes that doesn't always translate on a Sunday morning or whatever. So, yeah. (laughs) Too funny. So, Sermon on the Mount. Vince, you had a, a nice little nugget of information about the Sermon on the Mount that you shared with us, so I would love for you to, to share Yeah, that. so um, when I left seminary, the first class I took was a class on basically scripture memorization, and then I last semester I took a class with the same professor, not really knowing what it was, and it ended up not being anywhere close to the description of the class, which... I'm fine with now, but at the time, at the beginning of the class, I was like, man, this kind of sucks. Like, <laughs> this is not what I thought it was. But we memorized the entire Sermon on the Mount over three span of, chapters. Uh, That's yeah, crazy. Three chapters, uh, roughly 111 verses, and 2,500 words. Wow. So I'm dying to know what your tips are because that, like, I work on scripture memorization, but it's really hard for me. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's kind of some typical ones, you know put some actions to it. If you're a more musical person, put a tune to yep. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to do what I call hieroglyphs. And so I draw pictures for phrases. So if they're, you know, they're praise in the house of the Lord, I'll draw a little stick guy on his knees with his hands up in the nice. air and then a house next to him. Um, and then, so I'll draw that and I'll have the words with the drawings and I'll go through it. Then I'll get rid of the words and I'll just have the drawings mm-hmm. and then I'll see if I can do that. And then I get rid of everything and try to do it. Um, and that's what I did for the Beatitudes. And then at some point I got behind <laughs> and I realized uh, the only way to do 111 verses is brute force. Yeah. Um, it It's not fancy. There's no trick to it. It's just brute force. So uh, we would watch college football for 12 hours on a Sunday and in between commercials I'm <laughs> like you know going through you've heard that it was said yeah but I say to you going through that and then trying to just do it so one Sunday or one Saturday I got through like 25 verses doing it that way huh. uh, which I wouldn't recommend trying to do 25 <laughs> verses in a day yeah um, I don't know if I'd recommend 12 hours of college football in a day. <laughs> uh, hey it's it's on man you gotta watch but um, I also learned that um, for some people they do really well with partners um, so like if you, it, you, you really have to feel this out with your spouse or with a, um, 
a fellow Christian, um, how do you memorize best? Mm -hmm. It may be working with another person. I learned that I don't memorize best when I try to memorize with my wife. (laughs) Um, Because the way I do it is not the way that she thinks about doing it. And so it actually, we were driving up to Minnesota, I think, to buy a couch. Um, And I discovered that um, it was really frustrating having her constantly stop me every word that I got wrong uh, because that's not the way I memorize. (laughs) And uh, we did that for about 30 minutes. And then at some point I was like, you know what? Let's just listen to the radio. (laughs) Um, So you just got to figure out what works for you. And the key is it just, it's like running or any other thing. Like it just takes effort. Yeah. Um, And if you're somebody who's like, oh, I'm going to memorize this verse but you're not really going to read it every day. You're not really right. going to say it six times a day or whatever. You're just not going to memorize it. Mm-hmm. Like, sorry. There's no trick that will memorize it for you. You have to memorize you just have to it. Do it. Yeah. Um, and I think we like to shortcut things in our culture. We're like a microwave culture. Like mm-hmm. if we can, why would we, why would we put something in the crock pot when we can put it in the microwave? That's I don't know. Just, I really like the crock pot personally. It's true. It saves it's me true. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> for dinner time. That's fair. And Bad that analogy. is exactly the point that Vince <laughs> was making. So Bad, yeah. So. Oh, but then, funny. so once I had it memorized, my, my goal was to recite it in full on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was going to do that. Oh, my gosh. This, that makes me sweat just thinking Sunday about it. The Sunday after <laughs> Christmas is when I was going to do it because, like, that's when the lead pastor never preaches. <laughs> I've huh, preached. That's how it works here too. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> the, every every year that I've been in church ministry as on on full time staff, I have preached that Sunday. Uh-huh. So huh. I don't know if I ever become a lead pastor how I will feel about not preaching on that Sunday. <laughs> but I figured I would do it on that Sunday because there's not a ton of people and it wouldn't be as much pressure. Well, then I got tasked with like kicking off a sermon series, and oh. I was like, "Oh, we never kick off sermon series on this day." Yeah. Um, but the the opportunity arose later uh, in the year. And so uh, about a couple months ago, I did it. And I'm glad we only had two services at that time uh-huh. um, because I only had to do it twice. If I tried to do it now, I'd have to do it three You guys times. have three services? Yeah. Dang, so, homie. Um, we, just, <laughs> we just went to three services. This is not like... Are, are we just going to let that we go? Don't know we're not even, we're not even we don't know. talk about Steve that. Steve is like incredulous. Like, what? <laughs> Yeah, Uh, homie, tell us about it. (laughs) Yeah, so we already had two. This is what Um, I deal with all the time. I know. This is what we deal with all the time. (laughs) Um, So, uh, but we had two services. We had a traditional and a contemporary, which just probably Mm -hmm. most churches that have two would do identical. We just don't. And that's (laughs) that's born out of our history and our culture at our church from really rough worship wars 25 sure, years ago sure. and so it's kind of like this is the compromise and it's been working like mm-hmm. i think in our community too if we got rid of our traditional we would be missing out on a huge demographic of of people because we pull from 30 minutes away okay um and there's a lot i could say about that but regardless <laughs> um we added a second contemporary service and what we did is we basically run our th- our additional service during our Sunday school hour. So we go 8.30, 
uh, 10 o'clock and 11.15. We were 8.45, 10 o'clock Sunday school, and 11 o'clock um, second service. But we were running up We were running up against fullness. And mm-hmm. so we made the push during our annual meeting. The congregation voted for it. We went to it the last week in March. We were averaging about 250, 260 um, across the two services. Um, and now... We only have three weeks because you throw out Easter. Easter is crazy. I'll tell you about that. Um, mm-hmm. But you throw out Easter, and we've bumped from about 250, 260 to about 360. Dang. In wow. a span of three weeks, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a ton of visitors. Uh, we've had a ton of That's people so just show back up. Good. Um, yep. And then Easter, we had 647 people show up. Wow. And this is a church in a town of... 300 that's incredible um, so it was just it was crazy it was yeah so fun we had yeah. 11 baptisms so that was a big oh, part of it that's cool um and t- towards the end of the third service our pastor just said you know this the we whether you come to this church ever again you mm-hmm. know this is just what god is doing through multiple churches mm-hmm. is represented in these baptisms because mm-hmm. so many of our families have families that are in different parts of the country or Iowa and they're Christians and when they get together for family um for Easter or whatever they are still discipling their Mm -hmm. nephews and nieces and so they showed up on Easter and it was like this is a celebration of not just our church Mm -hmm. but your church as well and we see you and we're so grateful that you're here Mm -hmm. um so yeah we're at three services it's crazy that's cool yeah so what I'm curious what translation did you memorize was it like KJV like hardcore I did ESV oh good if I had to do it again well if I had to do it again I'd just do ESV because I already have that pretty well locked in um but let's say 20 years from now Uh if I had to do it again and there'd probably be like six other translations (laughs) that we don't have currently um but if the translations we have now just kept for the next 20 years, I would go NLT. Okay. Um, yeah. It's just a more conversational, easier mm-hmm. to... There was a lady who, in my class, she had memorized the Sermon on the Mount 30 years ago, mm. and she did it in KJV. Oh, and so she thought, oh, it'll be easier. Um, but it's just the way that brains work. They get older and slower and mm-hmm. more difficult to use. Yeah. Um, and it is a great lady. Um I mean, that's why I would use an easier translation 20 years from now. Um, and she was only able to get through chapter five um, because mm-hmm. the language is just not, comp- it's just not what we use in every day. So it's like, you've got to not only memorize the words, but you've got to, mem- you got to know what that word means mm-hmm. so that you know what comes next. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going through something on oaths and then all of a sudden it throws in some old English word from 500 years mm-hmm. ago and you're like wait a minute what is so you're like learning what words mean while trying to memorize them and it's just it's rough and I felt really bad for her I wish our professor would have come like just said hey look pick NIV or something like yeah I know you memorized this before but like you're clearly struggling mm-hmm. um and that's why I would advocate that yeah. you don't use King James. So do you, but... could you recite what we're going to talk about today or no? Um, or is it one of those, if you don't use it, you lose it type it? situations? I think that's... 38 through 38. 48. Yeah, so you, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one, the one who is evil. Uh, 
Yeah, I'll have to look. Oh, I was um, like, I'm trying to like give you some. I'm like, slap, yeah. slap. But it, it, yeah, but if anybody slaps you on the cheek, turn to him. T- turn to him, the other also. Um, I am not going to be able to get this. Right now. <laughs> That's okay, I put you I'm on the spot. Not. I was going to say that was really mean of her to put you on the spot. <laughs> like I know it, so if you were reading yeah. it, if you were reading it, I wouldn't have to look at it. Yeah. Um, but it is definitely a. You, if you don't use it, you lose it. It's like well, and also starting in the middle when you've memorized yeah. this whole thing, you're like, yeah. hey, in the middle, just pick it up yeah. and go. Yeah. It's like Spanish. I took four years of Spanish. I do not know any Spanish. Yeah, um, same. <laughs> and so, but the this is my only input. You lost the homie status. <laughs> <laughs> but I revoked. <laughs> I think the the real value of memorization and what we called it was interiorization, which means that it's not just putting it in your head to regurgitate it's putting it in your heart to live out mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so yeah that was really That's huge good. for me because you I can mean, that got like three mm-hmm. yeah. so that's preach well done. preach it homie so, <laughs> it's back yeah. i think scripture is unique but i think also Should I title our thing dang homie yeah. <laughs> um, episode um, 100 <laughs> Uh, so I think like, um, and he's just trying to go. I he's like, I got to power through. He's trying to keep it together. This is why your podcast for fifty minutes. <laughs> yeah. So I think with anything like, if you're a safety person and you memorize the safety rules, but then you go out and you don't wear a hard hat or you don't wear a safety mm-hmm. vest, you don't practice lockout tag out, like. What? Ki- yeah, you don't know what that is. Yeah, I know what it is. I don't. I know the words. I, I don't know what it is. Like I knew what you're talking um, about. Oh, yeah, lockout tagout. Yeah. yeah. But like, if you don't actually practice it, you're not a. You're a horrible safety person. And I think the same thing for Christians. Like, you can memorize scripture, um, but you know who also can memorize scripture? Mm-hmm. Atheists. Yeah. Uh, but you have to live it out, and I think that actually lets God do something in you rather than you doing something with the Word. Right. Letting the Word do something to you and with you. And so that was something that I had gotten partly through it, and then I realized, wow, I should probably start being impacted by this and start changing it. So that really affected how I memorized it. And then, too, like, I think I've always just seen this as a Greatest Hits compilation, and it very well may be a, a greatest hits compilation but i started just taking it at face value and seeing like there's a crowd and jesus preaches to them and mm-hmm. this is the sermon he preached which if this is a sermon that you preach it's like all over the place so like modern uh preaching classes would never tell you to preach like this mm-hmm. um but i started to really just see jesus on the mount of beatitudes with people and he's looking at people who have anger in their hearts and want to take mm-hmm. take revenge and he says this mm-hmm. he's looking at he's looking at women who have been divorced and he talks about divorce he's looking at people who are dealing with these issues and he knows their hearts because he's Jesus mm-hmm. and he preaches this message and i think that is such a huge realization for me working in the church that when when I have to say something hard, I better know who they are. I, I, I better know what's going on so that I can be tender mm-hmm. and truthful. Um, I think sometimes we don't know who people are, and so we're just truthful. And that comes off as a jerk. Sure. And 
um, when you know somebody's pain, you know how best to talk to them. Um, and so that was huge for me. Um, you know, I think I can think of stories from this church that I won't bring up, but like I can think of certain That's families. Probably best. <laughs> well, I can, I can just think of certain families who have sure. gone through really yeah. tragic things mm-hmm. or have gone mm-hmm. through really difficult issues. Mm-hmm. And when I talk to them, or if I talk to them, or if I preach to them, that should change how I preach. That doesn't change the truthfulness of what I preach. Mm-hmm. But man, I'm not going to talk about this issue so callously mm-hmm. because I know this is a real life thing that has real flesh and blood. And when I made that connection, that connection with this sermon, it changed everything. Cause it wasn't just like the disciples going or Matthew going, yeah, I heard Jesus say this, this one time. And then he just like rips it out of its context and throws it into a collection. It's like, no, Matthew heard this sermon preached multiple times to multiple groups of people, mm-hmm. but to people and, and it has a context and there are people in there that are struggling with, um, you know, they're mourning. Blessed are those who mourn. They are mourning. And Jesus brings that to them. You are blessed mm-hmm. because you will be comforted. And that was huge for me. And so it changed really how I look at the gospels. I, it's a lesson that I knew, but so often we have to be taught the same thing over mm-hmm. and over again because we're stubborn and ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so. Well, I mean, speak for yourself. No. <laughs> I'm <laughs> stubborn and ridiculous. So. so I see you've got some little notes there, and it sounds like you listened to the sermon. I did, I did. So I'm curious, like, what are your thoughts from this past Sunday on this particular um, part of the text? Yeah, so I think there's there's two kind of overarching things. Um, I wish I would have just read through the whole Sermon on the Mount before I came, but... Um, because there's different connections and sometimes you just need to throw away the, the added headlines on scripture because they're useful to find a place, but they're mm-hmm. not useful to see connections. Right. Uh, sometimes they weren't there originally. Like, right. Yeah. Things weren't separate. Um, and even the verses are artificial. Like that's something that we right. threw in after yep. just so that we can do sword drills, um, <laughs> which is something I've learned since I've married a woman who came from the church, mm-hmm. uh, which a sword drill is, Hey, find Matthew five thirty eight, And then everybody like shuffles their Bibles and who can get there the fastest. Um, the Bible is your sword. Um, but I think this is really interesting because it is sandwiched between, um, you know, between this idea of being different than the culture you're in, they're, they're surrounded by pagans, they're mm-hmm. occupied by Romans, and then being different than the religious culture that you're steeped in. And so Jesus is threading this needle like he always does of going, hey, remember those Gentiles? Like, you should love your enemies because they just love each other. And so what more do you do than them? You do nothing more than the tax collector, so love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So, like, be different than the culture you're in, but then also, hey, um, you've heard that it was said. All of those are pushing against uh, the religious culture because these are the rules that they're following, and I think that's just really interesting for us to think about um, even within our own culture of our churches. So like what do the powerful people in our churches say about insert religious idea here? They may be 100% correct. They may be 
95% correct and have some baggage with it. Mm-hmm. So we should be really honest with ourselves and with scripture and go, yeah, I've heard that, you know, um, that small group leader said X, but that's not what scripture says. And then our culture is constantly forming us as well. Um, and we just don't think about it most yeah. of the time. Like well, yeah, I, the turning the other cheek is like not something that we do in our culture. Yeah. Like, whoa, no. Yeah, you would never pick that up if you watched uh, Vikings. Um, <laughs> we were just talking about that. Uh, which I in, love in our, that show. In our, um, but... We have to have like a movie side conversation mm-hmm. or pre-meeting conversation every Tuesday. So yep. 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 Pre, Pre-mid and post, actually. <laughs> yeah, <I was> like, <laughs> yeah. So that, that was my initial thought of True. like... There, he's threading a needle between the religious culture and the secular culture. And I think that is mm-hmm. a beautiful example for us to try to do all the time. Um, well, and I, I think there's a danger, too. If we've been in church for a really long time, that religious culture that you're talking about, we assume that it just is always pure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they would have assumed that what they've been hearing from the Pharisees and the teachers of religious mm-hmm. law, that it was always pure. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's a really good point that, that no, it, it, it's not mm-hmm. because we're human and we're flawed and the word of God isn't, but, but the way we might present it and we attach other things to it. And so there is always an opportunity for this idea of reformation, right? Yeah. Always reforming what we think and getting it back to the word of God. And, that's why, you know, when you're talking about memorizing scripture, you know, whether you memorize it, whether you are in it all the time, but, but you've got to know it because you can't just take somebody else's word for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so within my marriage, this is really interesting because Victoria grew up in a very fundamentalist church and I grew up not in the church at all. Mm-hmm. So we have conversations and sometimes we talk past each other because of the culture of our upbringing. And so we were having a conversation, this is just a simple example, we were having a conversation about somebody in our lives, and I said, you know, at some point, you have to speak truth to them about what they're doing. And I I was like, I understand living with them in an understanding way, loving them, I want them in our home, I want to eat meals with them, but at some point, don't we have to have a conversation about what they're doing? and how it's just not what God wants. Mm -hmm. Um, And from her context, she heard, at some point, we have to be a jerk. (laughs) And I was like, whoa. So like, we had this long conversation, and eventually it like dawned on me, we were speaking a different language. Um, And she was coming from that environment where highly religious, highly religious. And I was coming from a more secular environment where I didn't have a lot of baggage with those terms. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes... The people in our culture and in even the people who end up at our churches from other churches, they've got a lot of baggage with Absolutely. the Word of God and what the church is. And a good church works with them in an understanding way and starts to pull that baggage off and tease out what Scripture really means. Like, mm-hmm. you have heard that it was said that you should be in your face and tell people that God does not like homosexuality mm-hmm. in a very jerky you know, way it, jerky way yeah. but i say to you you should invite them into your homes mm-hmm. you should love them yeah you should you know show up at if they've got a i don't know a speech contest if they're mm-hmm. a high schooler or you, as a youth pastor you should show up at their speech contest mm-hmm. and love them and then there's some people within the church culture that would be like that is so 
wrong. You are encouraging them. It's like, I'm mm-hmm. loving them and I'm speaking truth to them and mm-hmm. we can do both. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I feel like we just got a little sermon at there. Sorry. Right. Yeah, that was we got, good. We got Vinced. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. So, um, real quick, so we can start good, to wrap good word, things homie. up. <laughs> you guys, um, let's hear. I'm curious. So, I'm just kind of like a proud mom, even though I feel like I have nothing to do with this at all, which I don't. But I'm just so proud. Like it's so cool to sit here and listen to you and listen to your heart. And um, so, I'm curious. Um, what are three things you've learned in this new in this last chapter mm-hmm. since Blessed Hope? Uh, organization, as much as I do not like doing it, is very important. And I still find myself butting up against structure at times. Um, so we're, our, the way our church is, is functions, it's a team of teams. And so um, we've got a ministry leadership team, and they oversee um, our six core teams that have teams underneath them. And we've got to have team descriptions for all of them. And even as I'm saying all this, like my soul is dying a little bit. Um, because I, I think at my heart, I just want things to be organic. Like if you see something that's needed within our church, just step up and create a ministry. Let's run, let's do Mm -hmm. it, you know? Um, but that doesn't create accountability. Mm-hmm. That doesn't create a clear direction either. Sure. Um, and then all of a sudden you can have ministries that are competing against each other. Mm-hmm. And that's not helpful either. It's a right. waste of church resources and it's bad stewardship of kingdom resources. And so what I've learned is like there. Yeah. So I was butting up against that structure um, and I was like, well, where does it end? How many teams, how many teams mm-hmm. down the chain do we need to have a team? Like, so if we've got a women's ministry team and they've got an outreach team and this team, and do they need to have a team description? And it never like, ends. It never yeah. ends. Yeah. Right. I was like, what is the limiting principle? Um, which I realized like for that week, that was my term. Like I just kept using, <laughs> it just popped up in everything. I just kept saying, well, what's the limiting principle? Or this is like the it. limiting principle. And I probably <laughs> learned it from some podcast I was listening to, but, um, but organization is so needed. I feel that uh, even within the church. So when I was here, I've never been more proud of him. Yeah, I feel so seen right now, Vince. Yeah. yeah. So when I was here, and coming I, from you especially, I'm like, yeah, oh. yeah. So the reason why that is so significant, and if if um, you know. I, Allie's grandma's listening to this. She'll be like, yes, that conversation we had was really (laughs) Um, which it was. It was a big wake up call. But I would just write things down on a notepad of like what I needed to do or like different dates. And then uh, I'm still not super um, organized within my office. Like my desk still gets messy. Mm -hmm. But you have a planner. So yeah, when I left here, that was one of the things that was like, oh my gosh, I have to have a planner because if I don't, I'm I'm going to get fired within like six months. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've had a, a, a physical planner for the last three years, and our pastors worked on me. As soon as he saw my physical planner, he's super like, everything should be digital. I don't want to kill trees. I get it. Um, and he was like, you should just do a digital planner. Like, you should do this. And I was like, dude, you do not realize <laughs> how much of a discipline this is for me if i throw this thing away and go digital right now yeah without this being ingrained in my heart i will be the worst employee at this church and so that is something that was just huge and i yeah. think 
Um, so organization. Organization. Um, oh, I'm trying to think. Um, if it doesn't always have to be your way for it to be mm-hmm. a good way. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, Agreed. Yeah, and you don't always have to be passionate about it for for it to be something that the church should be going after. Mm-hmm. So with Celebrate Recovery, not a ministry I'm super passionate about, to mm-hmm. be completely honest. Um, not something I really want to lead. Um, but, David's shaking his head, um, but it's so needed in our context because mm-hmm. there's there isn't even an AA group within 30 minutes of us. And mm-hmm. so we need... Uh, something and maybe celebrate recovery yeah. isn't the final answer, but right now it is a good answer. Sure. Um, and so I take on the leadership of it. I'm starting going with it, and then all of a sudden I have like ten people that are go, "Hey, I want to be a part of that group. I want to be part of that group." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh man, I got ten people. I got to lead. I don't mm-hmm. really want to do this." And then all of a sudden Todd comes up to me and goes, "Hey, you know, I I I've been a part of celebrate recovery before." I would be really excited to lead it. And I'm just like, I can hear angels singing yes. in the yes. background. And, God and will so, provide. Yeah. And that's part of like it too. Like I, like I said earlier, I don't have to be in charge of everything mm-hmm. for it to work. And so I can be in contact with Todd. I can show up to meetings. I can give him guidance on some very basic leadership mm-hmm. stuff, like send out an agenda. Um, hey, we're all over the place right now. And we're not getting anything done. And the last thing I want to do is spend an hour and a half not getting anything done and then meet in another month and still have the same questions. Um, And so that's been really Mm -hmm. uh, good for me to understand. Like, I don't have to be passionate about it. I don't have to have my fingers in everything Mm -hmm. in order for it to be good and fruitful for the church. What about what about one thing for your last thing um, with marriage that you've learned with marriage? um, so this is something that um, I knew or that I had learned, but in my ethics class actually just highlighted it and gave me better language for it. Um, so we're going into all these very hot-button issues in my ethics class, and we read this document called The Virtues of Public Discourse from Hope College, which is right next to the seminary that I go to. Um, and it's got five different virtues in it and different things. Um, but the two things that I really pulled out of that um, was that when we communicate with each other, we have to own our intentions, mm-hmm. and then we also have to own our impact. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm talking with Victoria, I have to own what I meant. So mm-hmm. if I meant to be a jerk... You have to own it. When we debrief that later, I have to go, yeah, I was being a jerk, I was in my feelings, mm-hmm. and I was not acting... Uh, like a good Christian, let alone a good pastor. Um, so I have to own my intentions. Sure. And then I also have to own my impact. So if I say something to her, and I mean the best thing in the world, and she takes it because of her history, because of her baggage, mm-hmm. and she takes it the wrong way, I can't just go like, That's not well, what that, I meant. That's not what I meant. Yeah. Because ultimately she doesn't care what I meant. Mm-hmm. She cares she's feeling something right now. She's feeling hurt. She's feeling not seen. She's feeling, um, and it happens to me too. I don't mean to like, she says things to me sometimes and I'm like, well, you know, ouch. Right. (laughs) And so you just have to own that and just go, okay, I'm smart enough. Me, 
Like I, I almost have an MDiv. Like I'm clearly educated enough. I know enough words that I can communicate this in a different way. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense within marriage. But then when you start to talk about with the culture at large, people get really uncomfortable. Um, but it's just good communicate. Like mm-hmm. my job within my marriage isn't to make a series of good points. Mm-hmm. My job in my marriage is to understand and be understood. And so that's been super big for us um, just because it's it's given us the tools to be able to stop a conversation and go, whoa, we are we're not communicating like we, we've been heated. We've been uh, upset with each other, but we're not actually communicating because you're not hearing what I mean and I'm not understanding. I need to change what I'm saying to get my to be understood Um and that's been huge mm-hmm. for us mm-hmm. um, of just understanding and being understood. Sure. Well, thanks for driving down here to yeah. see us today. I'm so excited to go have lunch with you. But I do have one more thing. Mm-hmm. So um, probably one of the nicest compliments I've ever received and was that I was a snappy dresser. Yeah. Um, yeah. So It actually comes up quite often. It does. So I have to ask you today, Vince, I mean, am I still dressing very snappily? You look very <laughs> snappy. You got the black jeans with the white shirt with black stripes on yes. it to kind of, you know, draw yes. it up, you know, and then you, you've got... A, like a diff, you got a palette, you know, breaker with the blue shirt. Um, it looks good. The oh, only reason why I pull all of that out is because we were trying to figure out a graduation outfit for me, and my wife and I were having these conversations <laughs> back and forth. Like, you can't do a pattern tie on a pattern shirt, and she's like, she's very much pattern. That's like her. Yeah. She, she'll go pattern on pattern, and I'm like, yeah. I do not feel comfortable doing. That. <laughs> um, Can I recommend you just wear that sweater? <laughs> Yeah. I think it's really nice. Well, when you put a cap and gown over top of it inside of a building with probably 600 people. I was going to say, then why does it matter what you wear? You're going to wear, you're gonna wear a, a There's gown. There's pictures before and after. Oh. And, and it's like cut off, like sleeve, yeah. t-shirt, you know. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for being here and thanks for listening.